Welcome back to another Stockflare podcast where you have Shane Gotham here and we want to talk today about a thing called value traps and these are a particular juicy tempting investment that you look at and then you start scratching your head three six one year later wondering why nothing exciting ever happened to these investments so what do you think about these Gotham? Well, it really drives home the point that the markets are a fickle friend. I mean, sometimes you'll do all the work, you'll spend your day looking at the 10Ks, you'll do your calculations, you'll generate your cash flows, and you'll find finally a company that looks undervalued according to you. And you pounce on it, and you buy it, and you're very excited. Because this is what we're here for, right? To buy 50 cent dollars. But then you watch the stock and it kind of stays the same. It goes up 5%, it drops 5%, and a year later, two years later, it's right around where you bought it. So why does this happen? Why do markets sometimes fail in your eyes or in our eyes to price your stock appropriately? Yeah, so we we can think of three pretty clear examples in general where this Mm -hmm. will happen. And the first one I can think of is companies that are extremely big Mm -hmm. because it's pretty obvious the bigger you are, the slower you move. Mm -hmm. So you find this nice, cheap, big company that's got a great brand, it's doing a good business, you've heard of it, it could be a global brand, and it just doesn't perform. And it doesn't perform for a very, you know, one very simple reason, which is big companies can't grow faster than small companies because they've already got big. Mm -hmm. So it's just the law of large numbers plays against them. That's why you'll often find that small cap stocks as a group will do better than the market on average. So for me, it's it's just a matter of have you just bought somebody who's never going to grow as fast as the rest of the industry because they already are the industry and you've got all of these really nimble players coming in, attacking Mm -hmm. their their, their business. Right, and... uh... We've seen this happen before. Apple's on seeing it happen right now. IBM went through it in the yeah. 80s. Yeah. And uh, both the, uh, the example of IBM actually tells you what is then required from the company to change that. And what IBM ended up doing is they launched a whole, essentially a whole new type of business. They reinvented they went, a new they business. From, they went from product to service. Yeah. And yeah. that's one way to do it. But as IBM again shows, it's really hard to do and it's, We've, there are other companies that have tried and failed. True, true. Okay, um, well, what would be a second thing other than big uh, companies? The second is it's the opposite of the big company. So I know you mentioned small caps tend to do better, but beyond a cer- below a certain point, even yeah. small caps will tend to be value traps. So very small companies right. are also a value, potentially value trap for one very simple reason that nobody's really looking at them from the yeah. institutional side of things. Right. So the only people buying and selling these shares are you and me. Exactly. And very, very small punters and small asset management firms mm-hmm. because it's not going to make much of a difference to Fidelity no. if uh, with its trillions of assets if this $100 million stock doubles or doesn't. Exactly. And uh, you know that institutions, whether we like it or not, drive I think the vast majority of all activity in the stock market. So you really need them to be interested in a company for it to 
be fairly priced. And if you're a really small company, it's that that is a hindrance. You're then relying on the company itself to grow yeah. fast enough that its market cap is large enough to catch somebody's attention. So you may find that for an extended period of time, even if the business is doing very well, mm-hmm. its value trap, its cheap mm-hmm. valuation remains cheap right. until it gets to being a big enough size to be noticed. Well, it just means you know, we're going to have to hold it for a lot longer. Yeah. Okay, let's move to the third and final group of um, uh, stocks where this cheap valuation turned out to be um, not a great investment. And that's where your analysis is just plain wrong. You, you did all your cash flows and your analysis, you chose the stock, and actually you were wrong. And you were wrong for a number of reasons. It could be, for example, that this whole industry is a dog. It's a business, it is highly capital intensive. It is consuming the cash flows that these businesses are producing. The returns on capital are low, and the money's never getting out of this business to you. Um, the second one I always think about is that it's not just the in, it's not the industry that's bad. It's actually the stock. And uh, when I look at the stock, I mean it's uh, they may not be they may be the third or fourth player in this market, and everybody else is actually making great returns, but they just are subscale. Mm. Uh, it could be that the management team is taking all of this cash flow and it's just been really really inefficient and as long as that management team is in place you're not going to actually do well so so for me it's you could be wrong is the third third one in your analysis so what are you going to look at uh what are sort of pointers that may raise flags to you when you're looking at a stock right so big one or i guess the first one would be um you look at the multiple on the stock over the past five, 10 years, say, pull up this, uh, a 10K, they have their stock prices, they have the earnings. If this company has always been priced the way it is today, that's an indication that there is something about the business that you didn't consider. Maybe it is too big and it has been too big for a while, or there have been management issues or it's too small and nobody's catching, it's not catching a bit. So looking at uh, the multiple over time will indicate to you that this is not a temporary problem. This has been here. It's been here for a while and and you have to have a very good reason to feel that it's going to get out of that position of being a value trap. Okay, that's a very good um, warning signal. So the second one would be, are there bigger players in the market which might limit a growth? So if you're the biggest in the market and there's nobody ahead of you as we mentioned earlier you might just be the biggest fish in the pond and at that point you will underperform just because you have smaller companies nipping at your heels and your growth is kind of limited to how the industry itself is performing so is there a limit and that would be the second one Uh, the third one would be is the company paying out more and more of its earnings as dividends and uh, is it paying out too much? That would be the extreme. In dividends. Well, so I, I always hate when I see companies paying more dividends than mm-hmm. they actually make in earnings because you just go, well, where are they getting the money? The right. stuff. But it's a, are, is the growth in the dividends and the growth in the earnings decoupled? Right. And so before you even get to the point where you're paying out more than you yeah. actually earn, yeah. increasing dividends 
faster than your earnings are growing tells you that the management doesn't think there's a lot of growth to be had. Yeah, they're not keeping the money back to grow right. the business. Otherwise, that would be the logical argument. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, so they're returning capital to you and you should take that gift and put your money elsewhere. <laughs> and uh, finally, uh, sorry, fourth one would be, is every company priced the same way? Yeah. So if you're looking at a stock and, uh, you know, let's say the S&P 500 is 20 times earnings, yeah. and this company you hold is 10 times earnings, yeah. well, is are all of its competitors also, also 10 times earnings? So is it an industry it's issue? An industry. Are, are they electrical utilities? Or banks. Or banks. Yeah. yeah. So that yeah. would be the last one. And then finally, is your company too small? You look at the other players in the company, if they're much larger and the company you've invested in is not a young company, Yeah. Um, chances are you've run into the trap where it's just too no small to catch, break, uh, to catch a break and it'll take either some organic growth or... You're sitting around hoping it's gonna get acquired. Not a great, e- not e- a great reason. Yeah, to either that or uh, sometimes you get lucky and the, if you had 10 companies in the field and now there are only five, just because an analyst needs to pump up reports sometimes and they need a diversity of uh, companies that to do that on. That might help you, but that's not something it's, to bet on. You should yeah. not uh, yeah. Yeah, hang your head on that. True. Okay, so that's great ways to spot it. Well, what are, let's then move on to, say, lessons to, to, to take on board when it comes to investing and thinking about value traps. And I think, for me, the great thing is everything we've talked about on previous podcasts is entirely valid here as well for looking at potential value traps. Mm -hmm. The first one is, do you really understand the business? Because the last thing you want to do is find yourself in that third situation, which was that your analysis was wrong. So if you don't understand the business and it looks cheap, well, ooh, maybe, maybe not. Um, Secondly, um, cash is king. Mm -hmm. Can you actually, once you've realized that you do understand the business, look at how the cash machine works? How much cash flow is flowing through the business and coming out to you. And then the third lesson which we always talk about as well is, do you trust the management team? How much do you have confidence that the quality of the business, the quality of their industry will become recognized, that the growth will come through, that any new initiatives or changes or investments that they're making will bear fruit and therefore move the stock into a higher growth situation, move it into a better industry, mm-hmm. and actually lead to the valuation of that business doing well. Because, and I, I know for, for both of us, there's nothing better than finding a company that's not just growing fast, mm-hmm. but it's cheap, because yeah. then you get the double whammy of the valuation going up and the high growth. So I always think at this that when I when I look at something, if I don't understand it, if I'm not really sure about it, and it potentially might be a value trap, well, hey, there's 50,000 other stocks in the world. Maybe right. I'll just go and look somewhere else. What other lessons would you put in? Um, I, I fully concur with everything you said. I don't know if I have anything to add. <laughs> Thank you very much, everybody, for uh, joining this podcast. And please uh, let us know what you thought and send us any messages if you'd like us to cover any other particular topics that have been troubling you or your, you think uh, would be of value to the rest of our listeners. Many, many thanks. See you.